for example, I was sitting on a plane one day with a man who was from India, and uh, I said, can I ask you something? Um, he's like, sure. I said, can you tell me a little bit about which God you give your worship to? Because um, there's so many gods, right? For you, uh, that's what you believe. And, uh, you know, I had, he'd already told me he was, he was uh, a Hindu, and uh, he was trying to explain the God. I said, you mean the God with, like, the elephant head? I said, and tell me how that happened. He's trying to explain it all to me. I'm like, so can I ask you something? Just, like, man to man. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this boy was turned into like an elephant head guy? And he's like, no, 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 no. Those are just stories, so we have good morals. I said, huh. really? I said, that's that's an interesting. I said, so you you don't really have a connection, any personal connection with God whatsoever? He's like, no. So then why why do all these things? My whole point in the conversation with him was I got to discover what he really thought. And by asking questions about things that I've kind of knew a little bit about anyway, he was able to open up, and then that gave me an opportunity as I'm communicating with him. I said, wow, that is so different from what I believe. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Sin City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. This is Jason Phillips, your Columbus CPC. I am joined by the Charles Grigsby. Chad, <laughs> are you going to call me Charles for the rest of our lives? Maybe. <laughs> I just feel like I don't know. Maybe it suits you a little bit better than well, Chad. Whatever you think. I do. I do own a pair of eyeglasses now. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that adds to your Charles, Charles look. And we're joined actually by Edward. Edward Travers. Edward Travers. Yes, my middle name is Charles. Is, is it really? It is Charles. It <laughs> really is. How about that? Yeah, and I have glasses as well. You do have glasses. It's so. definitely a Charles thing, I feel like, to have glasses. Yeah, I notice yeah. you're not wearing them. Yes, that's correct. I wear contacts mm, since the go. fourth grade, actually. Very there you go. So we are joined by Ed Travers, and he, you were just telling us that your daughter's getting her driver's license. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, how's, my, <laughs> how's your anxiety, Ed? Right so now? my oldest daughter is 16. Okay. She's been, we had to do f- 38 or 40 hours in the car together this past year. Nice. And if you notice, if you look closely, you can't see it on the podcast, but my hairline is receding. <laughs> um, so I'm fine. You're good. I'm fine. You're just losing hair. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if it's a correlation or not, Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely happening. Yes. Was it happening before your daughter no. started? Okay. <laughs> it was not. Honestly, let me tell you about the first turn we came to on a major road. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're at a red light. I'm like, honey, you can't turn right on red. Mm. And uh, she's like, yes, daddy, I know. I'm like, but there's no one coming, so you could make a right. Mm. And she's like, okay. I said, look, there's no one coming, so you could make a right. She goes, so I should go. I'm like, well, you can make a right since there's no one coming. She goes, and she, she kind of barely pulls out. And next thing I know, I can see the lights from the car that's actually coming. I'm like, honey, you got to hit the gas. You got to hit the gas. And she's like, she starts to barely hit it. And I can hear the car <laughs> slowing down, you know, like, and I'm like, <clears throat> honey, go. And then she's like, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, I'm not yelling. Just go. But so that pretty much sums up my experience. How it's been. Yeah. yeah, when my mom was teaching me how to drive, she literally like sat with like her hands like on like the dash, like she was terrified that I was gonna do something really messed up. Yeah, but yeah. I survived. I've never yeah. been in a car accident before. Oh, that makes but me happy. There you go. Yeah, she'll be fine. She'll be good. Thank you very much. It, it's really hard because you're not only looking out for her safety, you are a passenger in the vehicle. Uh-huh. You're, yeah. you're, there's some uh, personal safety you're looking at. Yeah. Or two. She and holds I both thought, lives. I thought much about that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ed, why don't you uh, start off by just telling us a little bit about your church planning journey with LifePoint Westerville? 
Well, uh, thanks, Jason. Um, I started out as a church planter mm-hmm. at Ohio State University with a church called New Life. Yeah. So that was back in 2003. You planted before it was cool, Ed. Yes, we started the trend, actually. You did. It yes. started with you. I wondered yes. where it started. Yeah, we're the, we're, I'm the origin, ground zero to church planting. Okay. I yes. mean, other than like Paul. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, like I mean, he was good at Amateur. Right. Five out of ten, probably, really. Yeah. But, and fun fact, you actually know my father-in-law from New Life, right? So yeah. your father-in-law, Randy, um, helped play music at a ministry I was helping to lead for college students oh, okay. prior to launching. Uh, and then would help out in the band uh, when we would do things down to OSU. And uh, it, so it was, I learned an awful lot. I was in that for a long time. Uh, collegiate church planting uh, is definitely a unique experience, and you learn a lot. But after a while, you know, your kids get older, and, you know, you feel older, and you realize you're a little bit disconnected. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed about uh, what the next step was. And I thought about going back into business. Uh, I thought about uh, changing, you know, Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just serve at some church. Mm. But uh, I felt very clearly God directing me to uh, Scripture and about talents and saying, look, I invested heavily in you. You're going to use it. I said, yes, sir. So I <laughs> prayed and prayed and prayed. Um, the short story is that um, I went to Dean uh, Folks, who's our lead pastor at LifePoint mm. uh, in, in, uh, in Lewis Center, and I went to him just telling him what was going on in my heart that I felt like planting. Uh, I felt like it was going to happen again, but I had no vision for where or even the name. I said, honestly, I'm a gospel and great commission guy. Yeah. It's really that simple. Now, was that because he was the city missionary for Sin Network? Or, no. Or uh, did you guys have a connection before that? Fun fact. Uh, I mean, we were friends before. He had helped. Yeah. He really had kind of mentored me mm-hmm. a bit. Um, but uh, his guy that he sent to Mount Vernon, Adam, yeah. was getting ready to send Kale Boer oh, to yeah. Delaware. Yeah. Kale was their collegiate guy. Well, they had a lot of college students going to their campus in Mount Vernon, mm. and Adam's like, Ed, why don't we get Ed to replace Kale? Ed's a college guy, right? Yeah. And he asked mm. me if I would do it. I said, oh, I don't think so, because I knew I was going to be church planting again, but I hadn't told anyone yet. Mm. And Adam's like, will you just pray about it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> no. Mean, no, I will not <laughs> pray about it. Uh, but I wanted to tell Dean why I was going to tell Adam yeah. no, yeah. you know, because yeah. Dean's a friend. and. Uh, he said, "What are you going to do?" And I said, "Hey, I, I'm. I feel like I'm, like I'm going to plant again in a community. I want to see what it's like. From I feel like God's preparing me for this from cradle to grave ministry, mm. and uh, which I hadn't been a part of for a long time because I was in college for 16 years of my life. And um, he he said, "Where?" I said, "Honestly, I don't know where. That's a problem. God hasn't told me where." And everyone I know who church plants knows where, except me. Mm. He goes, well, where are you thinking? I said, well, anywhere on the North Outer Belt. I said, honestly, I've always felt Maxtown, which is in the heart of Westerville. I said, I think Maxtown's the perfect place to plant. Mm. He leaned back and starts laughing. And I'm like, what? He goes, well, it just so happens we have a, a whole group of people in our church that want to plant a church in Westerville, but we don't have a pastor. Mm. And I'm like, hmm. So that's kind of how it got started. And then eventually I joined the staff at LifePoint. Uh, trained at the Lewis Center campus for a year and a half, and really my responsibility was to learn, but to build relationships with the people of Westerville that were coming to Lewis Center. Yeah, start groups, multiply groups, launch, and so we launched in January of eighteen at a school in Westerville. Very cool, yeah. very cool. It's a great story, um, Ed. We really wanted to not just hear your story and how God's used you over the years. I know you could probably tell a lot of stories about new life and that experience, and but you're you're a Natural evangelist. How does that make you feel when people call you that, by the way? Um, I used to think everyone thought exactly the same as I did. Okay. 
Um, and I didn't understand when people struggled to share their faith because I thought that was normal. Mm. Uh, I think what I've learned uh, is that there really is a gifting. Mm. Um, so I just feel like um, it's just an area that God has just really put on my heart and yeah. and has helped cultivate and develop over the years. Yeah. So I appreciate you noticing, but honestly, <laughs> it's a God thing. Yeah, so. he would give so he would give messages at when he was at Lewis Center, and he would like tell these stories of like sharing sharing the gospel. He's like, man, it's just that easy. And then I would try to do it, and it did not go as <laughs> yeah. good yeah. as he described. So yeah. my friend sense. told me he's like Ed, you you feel like you could you could literally share the gospel with the devil, and I'm like. I wonder if that's even possible. <laughs> like, could it be done? Right? Yeah. But that's funny. Yeah. How's that going? <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't really hey, look, go. I'm praying. I'm praying, I'm praying yeah. for him. Yeah. Praying for the devil. <laughs> Come to the, that's a, you know you you know you're a strong evangelist when you have a heart for the devil. <laughs> he could turn. Uh, oh man. So so hearing you speak, hearing you Jason share shared <clears throat> share stories about sharing Jesus with people. Do you have any sort of practical tools that you use? or questions that you um, ask when sharing the gospel? What's your primary method? So <clears throat> it's, it's a little unfair to try to narrow that down because over the years, like I said, I've always been interested in sharing my faith. Um, and you, it's been, you just use the four spiritual laws, don't you? Well, I've, I've had that ingrained, <laughs> the four spiritual laws. Yeah. I've had the bridge method. Yeah. I've had the do versus I'm too God. young for that. I don't <laughs> even know what you're talking about. I have the Romans road. I know yeah. what that one is. Yeah. Uh, I, we did the four worlds gospel presentation. There's a three circles. It's popular now. Did so you use the Avanja cube? I've had, I have used the Avanja <laughs> cube. I absolutely have. Uh, uh, I used solarium. To, we used solarium oh, on yeah. campus at Ohio State. Yeah. We hand out the little cards and, yeah. and talk people into, yeah. you know, talking about Jesus. Um, so I think all of those are just tools. Right. But there's always another tool. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I read, um, you know, you know, get the salt out of the shaker uh, way back in the day. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's there are just so many different tools that people can use. Um, I think what is practical is probably two things. The first one is learning to not make someone into a project. Mm. They're not someone, wow. you don't go to someone yeah. with the idea that I'm going to make them into a Christian. Wow. Like just, just drop that. Mm. And that helps the second part, which is my job is to discover and look for an opportunity. Mm. So when I'm meeting with someone, I'm trying to discover something about them. I'm asking them questions. I'm trying to find out. For example, I was sitting on a plane one day with a man who was from India, and uh, I said, can I ask you something? Um, He's like, sure. I said, can you tell me a little bit about which God you give your worship to? Um, Because there's so many gods, right? For Mm -hmm. you, uh, that's what you believe. And, uh, you know, he'd already told me he he was a Hindu. And uh, he was trying to explain the God. I said, you mean the God with, like, the elephant head? I said, and tell me how that happened. And he's trying to explain it all to me. I'm like, so can I ask you something? Just, like, man to man, do you believe that? Do you believe that this boy was turned into, like, an elephant head guy? And he's like, no, 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 no. Those are just stories so we have good morals. Mm-hmm. I said, huh. really? I said, that's, that's an interesting. I said, so you, you don't really have a connection, any personal connection with God whatsoever. He's like, no. So then why, why do all these things? My whole point in the conversation with him was I got to discover what he really thought. Mm-hmm. And by asking questions about things that I've kind of knew a little bit about anyway, he was able to open up, and then that gave me an opportunity. As I'm communicating with him, I said, wow, that is so different from what I believe. Mm. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Boom. And then I'm, there you go. I'm literally I have the open door now because I took so much time to listen and understand and ask questions. And honestly, I just, I enjoy people enough mm. that I want to hear their stories. 
But if you try to make it a goal, like I'm going to convert this person, then you you just aren't going to take time to listen because you're just trying to figure out a way to like smack them upside the head with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's people will know. I feel like people know when you're treating them like some sort of project and not mm-hmm. really actually genuinely caring about them. Yes, and and it, because it's not genuine, people naturally put up their walls. Mm-hmm. People have enough walls up anyway. Yeah. So in the discovery process, you're looking for the walls to come down somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you can't make someone want to receive the gospel. Yeah. You just can't. Every church planter knows that. Yeah. Um, what I think we sometimes don't do is ask enough questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that word discovery in evangelism. I, I mm-hmm. love that. Dude, like I think so much when we think about evangelism, we think me talking and the fact that you approach it from me listening Man, that's really good for me to hear that I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to be curious, and I'm going to be genuine. I really want to know what, what this person thinks, what they believe. And then and then in that process, maybe there's an opportunity to then share the gospel in that. I love that. I read a book called, I think it was Rethinking Evangelism, or uh, I forget what it was, but it was a book on evangelism. And, and, and he talked about that similar idea that when we think about evangelism, we think of typically think door-to-door salesman Mm -hmm. he's like what we should think is whitewater rafting guide and that analogy kind of shifted things for me and i think that discovery word kind of captures that that we're not trying to go door-to-door to to sell them something we're not we're not a salesman get in the boat with them you know Mm -hmm. get in the boat and 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 go through life with them navigate that and I don't know. It just came to mind when you said that. It's that a good like example, it. except for when I went whitewater rafting. <laughs> <laughs> my guide was so mean and horrible. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you don't want to be. Yeah. You want to be a you good be guy. You want to be the you good be guide. A good guy. But no, yeah. what I was thinking when you were saying that is, I'm doing the training to be a trainer. Oh yeah. For Sin Network training, and uh, one of the things they talk about is how like Jesus asked like 380 questions, and mm. I think he was asked like 130, but he only answered three. Or something uh, like that. And huh. so I think it was really interesting, the fact that, like, Jesus, the way that he did evangelism by was by asking people questions. And I think that's true. We got to discover um, by being willing to ask. So Very good. Yeah, super good. Um, so obviously not all of our planters are as gifted as you are with um, evangelism. So you're obviously the best and uh, greatest thanks. and yeah. the goat or yeah. whatever you want to well, call it. Well, when, when Satan gives his life to Jesus, I'll let you know. <laughs> Um, what advice would you give to a planter who maybe is struggling to be able to uh, share faith with um, people in his community? Like personally? Yeah, personally. Um, <clears throat> here's what I found that's true. and uh, The longer you're in the church, the more you become surrounded by people in the church. Mm. And the more that you are in the church and surrounded by people in the church, the more you get caught up in their stuff. Mm. Um, and then even your friends become all Christian. So the first thing I would say is you have to work hard to be around people who don't know the Lord. Yeah, um, It's important. Um, you have to make it a priority. And I think that starts with prayer. You know, God, use me. Help me have an opportunity. Uh, praying for your neighbors. Like when you walk in the neighborhood. Uh, I know people who, just by having a dog, uh, literally were able to share the gospel because they're out walking their dog. Mm. Um, and you, you have to meet people somewhere. Yeah. Also in the church, it's real easy to assume that people know the Lord because they show up. And you Mm. have to recognize that there are an enormous amount of people that show up that don't know the Lord, Mm -hmm. and sometimes just finding them, you know, taking the time to talk to them. I'll give you a quick example. Um, There was a guy in our our 
church that was serving on a team. Uh, his wife was heavily involved in the women's, uh, you know, life groups and stuff like that. Um, and found out this guy's only coming to kind of uh, pacify his wife. Mm. So I got to, so I, I'm just like, hey man, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to know what's going on in your life. He's like, oh, you know, you're going to tell jokes about me on stage? I'm like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, if you'll <laughs> just give me some material. and uh, That's the only reason why I hang out with people. I know. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, we made we laughed about it. And then, you know, yeah. it was like three weeks later. I'm like, hey, man, seriously, I'd love to hang out with you sometime. We got coffee. I got to hear his story and where he's at. Uh, it's not a very good story on his end. He's not ready. He literally says, I'm not ready to submit my life to a Lord. I said, okay. Okay. And we, we talked. I prayed for him. Um, and I think what I would say to anyone who's not necessarily gifted at evangelism is you can put yourself in position to be around others. Uh, you can put yourself in position to ask people to coffee or to lunch or to dinner or find ways. You have to work to find ways to get around people who aren't your normal circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most church planters are pretty adept at that. Mm-hmm. They just they may, may not know how to transition to the gospel. Yeah. Um, Very good. I, I, I like the uh, analogy of, uh, with with what you're saying of thinking of it in terms of alignment versus addition, because I think when people think evangelism, they think, okay, this is I've got to do more things to uh, to share the gospel. What do I need to add to my plate to now pick up? Like it's almost like this guilt driven. I heard a sermon on sharing the gospel, and now I've got to do this, do that, do this, mm-hmm. do that to share. What I hear you saying is, no, find like align align your life with sharing the gospel. You have to walk your dog. While you're walking your dog, can you just look around with maybe a little bit more open eyes and think of a neighbor to talk to that might lead to a conversation that could, you know, it's that alignment. You know, like I, I thought about this the other day. Our Both of our boys are playing baseball this fall, mm-hmm. and there's a whole new group of people that I've never met before that I'm all of a sudden in close proximity to, and for the next 8 to 12 weeks, we'll see them twice a week or more. Yeah, if your kids are practicing and you stick around yeah. while they're practicing, yeah. usually other parents are sticking around. Yeah, so just aligning that with, I wonder if there's an opportunity to share Jesus with this new group of parents that I know. It's just it's just alignment. I, I love the idea. I think there's so much more power in alignment than don't think about all the extra things you have to do just as you're, as you're going kind of. Yeah. I, I like that idea. So what I heard is get a dog. Get a dog. Does your wife want a dog? Walk it. I want the dog, actually. <laughs> well, you can let her know that it's a great evangelism tool. Yes. Well, <laughs> you were on Ohio State's campus. Have you heard about the Oval um, Beach dog thing that pe- would happen? People would rent. This is not a joke. You ever been to Ohio State's campus? Uh-uh. Been on the Oval? Uh-uh. Well, in the spring, it becomes like this like beach-like setting where like people lay out and they have like volleyball and things like that. And men would rent puppies walk around to meet the oval girls. to meet girls. You yes. can rent a puppy? <laughs> you can rent puppies for huh. this reason. So I wow. just want to recommend to anyone who's listening that uh, maybe they could make some money that way <laughs> yeah. um, and support church plants here in Central Support Ohio. church yeah. plants. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, great idea. Tell them when they're renting that you're going to support church plants. Oh my yeah. Gosh. yeah, you'll definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of on the a similar kind of token, like, um, what about how would what advice would you give to a church planter who wants to help his church um, be more evangelistic in their lives? Um, that's a great question too. I think one you got to think like a trainer more than just a speaker. Mm. So, uh, for example, I'm sitting with a guy the other day. He's new to Christ. 
uh, he, he says to me, <laughs> he says, um, Ed, you know, when I first came to LifePoint, don't take this the wrong way, but I just thought everyone here was idiots. Um, he goes, <laughs> How do you was not he take, wrong? How do you not take that the wrong way? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, how's what's the right way to take that? <laughs> so you thought we were stupid? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thanks. Yes, thank you very much. And he goes, now I realize I'm the idiot. Mm. He goes, I'm the believer now. And he's uh, like, I know now, I get it. Like, I, I was in complete darkness. Mm-hmm. I know what darkness looks like. I remember, wow. he's telling me all the part of his story uh, where he's like, I used to laugh at Christians. I would, when I would see something on TV that would make fun of Christianity, I would laugh out loud. He goes, when I was, you know, checking out, like, in my dating app, if anyone came up Christian, I would scroll right past him on purpose, like, nope, nope, nope. And now he's the Christian. I said, can I ask you to do something for me? He's like, what? I said, could I ask you to write this down? Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I want you to write down what your life was like before you became a Christian. He's like, okay. I said, I want you to write it down. Put it down in a paragraph. Make it really clear so you understand exactly what it was you thought about. And I said, then what I want you to do is I want you to explain in like another paragraph how Jesus got a hold of your life. Like, how did you not be, how did you lose the, you know, thinking Christians were idiots to realize that I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. How did you get that part? And I said, and then lastly, I want you to write a paragraph about how Jesus has actually changed your life. Mm. He's like, okay. I said, look, I want you to write this down and make it clear because I'm telling you that story cannot be argued with. I said, you can learn a million things to argue about when it comes to Christianity and people will always have another reason to argue. But if you share your story, it's powerful. So he's in the process of writing it out and memorizing it. I told him, I said, I want you to be able to share it in an elevator. If you're at the top floor, by the time you get to the bottom, you could get this out in 30 seconds. And he's like, okay. So, you know, he texted me the other day. He goes, man, Ed, telling, you know, trying to share the gospel with people is hard. Mm. I said, I know it's darn near impossible. I said, but people are blind, can come to sight through the power of the gospel because that's what God does. So your job is simply to share. I said, do you remember your story? He's like, yes, sir. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. So I think as a church planter, look for opportunities to train. Mm. Look for ways, and everyone has a different way of, of sharing the gospel that's, that's their thing or whatnot, or the way they were trained. Look for opportunities to train, and then look for opportunities to model. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I'd have someone with me, and I'm praying for an opportunity to share the gospel with someone while they're watching. Mm. Um, and I've, I've had, you know, I've been blessed with opportunities going up to the counter somewhere, uh, talking to another person, a student, um, look for ways to model it. And then lastly, I would say to any church planter, um, you have the pulpit, Mm. you know, you've got it 40 to 52, 53 times a year, right? Um, in that share it, share the gospel as often as possible and make it very clear and succinct because that's what people are going to start sharing. You know, if you say it enough times, it's going to ingrain it in their mind and it helps train them on what they're going to say when they have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So those are all really good ways. Um, but, I, you know, I think if someone isn't kind, like every church planter wants to share the gospel. Yeah. I've never met one that's like, you know what, I just want to teach the word, but not the gospel. Like, I've never heard anyone say that. Mm-hmm. So it's, they have to find their rhythm, um, but they need to train it, you know, model it, and then, then use their pulpit to their advantage. Um, yeah, that's great. So... We've talked a lot about evangelism. It's I know it's a short kind of conversation, but anything that we didn't address or that we didn't ask you that you would say when you think about sharing the gospel, 
that you'd want to mention? Anything else that you say, hey, keep this in mind or do this or avoid that or story you want to share? share. You're a great storyteller, mm-hmm. by the way. Thanks. It's one of my favorite things Thanks. about you. Thanks, Charles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Edward. Edward. <laughs> I, I, let, me, let me say one thing is that you don't know what's going to happen. You just don't. Um, you have to, like, we all want to see results. You know, when you go bowling, no one puts a curtain in front of the pins. Like, oh, it sounded like it was great. The ball went in there. It crashed in something. Everybody wants to see results. The problem is that we, spiritually speaking, we don't know. We don't know what uh, sharing the gospel with someone's going to do or not do. Um, I'll give you one story about that that I almost never get, but it happened. Uh, I'm sitting with a guy. I, I was walking out of a store, um, you know, a, a, an office store. And as I hear from behind me, he's like, Ed, Ed Travers. And I turn around, and it's a guy who I went to high school with. Um, he was a year above me. Uh, he knew my brother um, and my sister, so he was uh, in their class, and uh, I was one behind them. I knew his younger brother and his family. For a while, they lived across the street from us when we lived in an apartment community. And uh, so I knew him, but I didn't know him well. I knew he struggled with some things. Uh, we go out into the, you know, we're getting out to where the cars are in the parking lot, and we're just catching up. Like, I hadn't seen him in 20-some years, and... Um, he, I asked how he was doing and he talked about, um, addiction, living in alcoholism. And I knew he had struggled. I'd seen and had heard enough of, from his life. And uh, he talked about going to AA and he'd been clean at this point for like 10 years and uh, was heavily active in AA. Uh, he talked about, you know, um, praying to his higher power, that kind of a thing. I said, well, you know, the story of my brother, right? He's like, no. And so here's the deal. My brother was an alcoholic, gave his life to Jesus, and he's literally been set free of it for the last 20-some years. Mm -hmm. And he actually, in his church, helps other uh, people who struggle with addiction. And I I just told him a story. I said, for my brother, for him, it wasn't a higher power. It was Jesus. Um, And I just kind of keyed in on that little point and focused on my brother gave his life to Jesus. He surrendered completely to Jesus. Because as I'm listening to the guy, I'm like, well, he's talking about this higher power. That's impersonal. He can believe in God, but he needs to know the gospel, right? right? Isn't that right. why, you know, we talked about this in, in our services a couple weeks ago, how Peter needed to share with Cornelius. Yeah. Cornelius believed in God. Right. He needed to know Jesus. Yes. So I'm talking with this guy, and I'm like, hey, you know, I just say, my brother gave his life to follow Jesus. He knew he was messed up, but it was Jesus who gave him the power. And so we just kind of chit-chatted and shared. I left. I hadn't seen him, like, maybe... 18 months later, he sends me a message on social media, and he says, hey, Ed, um, just want to let you know um, I'm getting baptized this week. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I'm getting baptized, and I just wanted to let you know I'm getting baptized at such and such church. Um, and I said, that's, that's incredible. I said, what a testimony to your family, to your daughter, and, and that's, that's just incredible. I'm so happy for you. He goes, well, I want to let you know because I can trace it all the way back to our conversation out there in the parking lot. Wow. Now, I never get those messages. <laughs> yeah. I screenshotted that one. Like yeah. I, I think, um, I think the one thing I would say is you don't know. Mm. You don't know what God might do with that. Our job is to sow the seeds. Yeah. Our job is to communicate it very clearly and be a witness to what Jesus has done, um, whether it's in our life or just pointing them back to the gospel. And as a pastor, it's very helpful to share those things with your people to let them know the same thing. Just be faithful. You're not God. You can't change someone's heart, but be faithful in sharing the gospel. You know, so that's what I would say um, yeah. to people, and because you just don't know. Fantastic, I'm inspired. I know, right? I feel like I need to leave right now. No, you yeah. need to go get that puppy immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're right. It's probably it's, more important. Yeah, yeah, and then go to campus. <laughs>
<laughs> really great, Ed. Thank you so much, man. It really is. It's very helpful. Been super helped personally. I think the planters and others will be helped as well, encouraged to share their faith. So appreciate you taking the time to, to have this conversation. Sure. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.